What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFN Scouting Podcast. Ian Cummings here, joined by fellow NFL draft analyst AJ Schulte. A quick personnel announcement. Dalton Miller will no longer be doing the podcast here, uh, left to explore individual uh, independent ventures, and then also recently became a father, as you know, so spending more time on that. want to give a quick tribute to Dalton because, I mean, you you all know, I mean, one of the most passionate guys on the scouting market. Uh, yeah, Every time that I came in for the podcast, his passion kind of rubbed off on me, and so the parting message that he left on every pod is I love you and we love you too, Dalton. We're going to be keeping tabs and keeping tabs throughout the scouting process. But I got AJ with me today. AJ has been doing some great scouting report work for PFN, uh, especially on some of the Senior Bowl risers. So we're going to get into that. Today's episode will be entirely devoted to Senior Bowl recap, who's rising, who's falling, some interesting players and some interesting topics to discuss too. But first off, AJ, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Uh, also, shout out to Dalton. I've known Dalton for years. Uh, tremendous, wonderful guy. He's going to be a great father. Uh, wish him all the best. And to continue to read his scouting reports as well, because he's still doing stuff. And he's he's awesome. Yep. Just continue to support his work. And you can look him up on YouTube too, Dalton Miller. He will be there. But we got the uh, scouting pod today and we got the Senior Bowl. Man, I mean, we can go through so many different topics here. I think um, every year it's a really fun event, a really stacked roster but this year's roster felt stronger than most i think and you know part of that too is you know integrating the underclassmen as well jackson powers johnson was there he absolutely dominated right so he made sure yeah. you knew he was there but um real yeah. quick it was something we were both discussing right before the podcast right every year the offseason comes along and the senior bowl the shrine bowl the nfl combine right these are events that kind of sway your rankings of players right but how do you integrate it into your scouting process because it's such a fine line between being too elastic then also maybe not elastic enough maybe too rigid so i mean what's your thought process there i'll ask you first because it's, it's one of those things where every year you kind of feel like you gotta think about it a little bit yeah it, it's definitely a, a little bit of a tricky process to navigate um you want to see guys uh you're like so you want to see some guys show it like for quarterbacks for example if they're playing in in a, a an offense that that's it's like 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 bonex for example mm -hmm. this year like an offense that you doesn't isn't a lot of like little rpos and, and little things like that that are just like sideline to sideline you want to see them in different environments and how they get exposed um or like how a guy handles the offseason in terms of like putting in like weight training like like zach frazier uh there's a great story that dane brugler is sharing about how he broke his leg two months ago mm -hmm. and frazier's like already running on a treadmill now like like that kind of that how they attack and, and handle the offseason i think is is certainly an important part of the process but in terms of like sparsing out mobile i think it's i think it's a good opportunity for a lot of like the lower competition guys to show out um and, and guys to show different things than on film i still think film is like the like what you do during the season i think is what matters most mm -hmm. but it's definitely a positive sign if you go into these events and you're already another step ahead or you look like a different player, um, which I think speaks to your NFL upside. If, you know, like, like I think of Creed Humphrey, who you look at his scouting reports coming out and it was like, he just doesn't really, he's like an average athlete, you know, and then he goes in through the off season. And you're like, Oh, okay. Creed Humphrey is like, this is really good. And then he goes in and just like, gets like a 10 ras in the and you're like oh okay never mind create like this is really good. like you want to see that kind of project progression from players but i still think what you do during the season is what matters most which is why you don't want to overcorrect too much to like 
the senior bowl and things like that but it is still a fantastic showing for anybody who goes yeah i feel like every cycle for me it's like you know you've got different sliders and different weights they put on different things things and it's like how do i adjust this what specific weight do i need to put on the senior bowl but like you said there's a lot of different things to take away from it obviously the pure you know production and performance that you see from guys who stand out uh, it may it's notable, but also the preparation that goes into kind of manifesting that result is also very important. And then, you know, for NFL teams specifically, this is where, you know, we as media scouts, right, like we do our best to give you, you know, an accurate take of what we think is happening on the film, right? But there's only so much we can see from our external perspective, too. So the NFL teams looking at guys, how they interact with their teammates, how they, you know, go about their practice, right? Are they focused? Are they kind of tuned in? And are they kind of retaining the teaching, the teaching points that you give them, too? So yeah, and kind of apply applying that from a day on day perspective. So, you know, all of those things, man, it's fun because I, I do feel like the impact, you know, it's, it's very heavy, but at the same time, as a film analyst too, you want to make sure, like you said, the film stays paramount. So with that said, let's get into the senior bowl. Let's get into some of the, the standouts. I know PFN, let's start with our PFN players of the week, offensive and defensive offensive. It wasn't really a contest. Jackson powers Johnson came in and he just dominated straight up and he was fun, uh, especially in one-on-ones. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, team drills too. you know, communicating very well, playing some guard as well. And then on defense, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo uh, was very good as well. Uh, I think what the one thing that I wanted to see from him this week was playing press man because at Toledo, a lot of off coverage, a lot of, you know, kind of looming over those route breaks, planning and driving and making plays on the ball, which is what he excels at. But this week in particular, I think he showed some real promise playing press man a few times where the leverage IQ at the line, maybe opening the door a little bit too early for those guys unhinging a little bit too early can still improve with that. But you know, the willing physicality is there. The short area, twitch and foot speed is there. Um, and the ball skills to play through the catch point as well. Uh, so two guys who really excelled. What did you see from those guys at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, let's start. You know, let's start with Quinion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of the first guys, you know, when I when I first started at, back at PFN, I was writing a lot of those like uh, Mac pieces and, and things like that. So like I, back in October, he was he was a big standout for me. It's just like, Oh, okay. Quinio Mitchell's guy. And I actually thought that he projected to play man pretty well. Um, and, and for me, like he was such an easy eval because I think you look at the zone chops and the off man, which is a lot of what you'll see in the NFL, right? Like press isn't uh, like, isn't a, isn't a huge snaps of the reps. Like you want to see the ability to play different kinds of zones and, and how he handles himself in off man. Then he goes into mobile and you're just like, holy mm-hmm. crap man like it, I, he was just phenomenal I, I really think you could not have a better performance overall than Quinn Yomich. I think it was one of the best defensive performances I've seen from a DB in Mobile and this is my 10th draft like he, I think he stood out in every every regard and like you said the ball skills are, are tremendous I think the zone awareness and his IQ um, another thing that really stood out to me was a lot of people raved about uh, like his character and like like leadership and coachability mm-hmm. as well like he he understood and he rose to the occasion like you have to admire the competitive toughness to go in and he's matching up with guys from georgia he's matching up from guys from florida state like, like big big a lot bigger schools than the guys he was playing at toledo which was kind of a concern you wanted to see how he did against better competition and he crushed it absolutely knocked it out of the park uh and then you flip over to jackson powers johnson i mean oh my gosh but what what more can you say about how good he was, right? You I can't. Mean, there's nothing. You go, 
you go in at center. This is this was his first year at center. You know, we we at PFN, I think you identified him very early in the process. It's like, hey, this is a dude. Like this, like this guy is awesome. And then he comes in at center. This is his first full time at center, and he's awesome on film, phenomenal. And then he crushes it at both guard spots. <laughs> like what? What more could you really ask for that? Like positional value aside, he's like a top ten, top fifteen player in this class. Like if you if you just look at what he's done, what he can project to in the NFL, he's a stud. I mean, you could put him at center, you could put him at left guard, you could put him at right guard. And like he's because he's handled all of it with a plum. And he goes in, absolutely crushes the first two days, and just is like, Yeah, I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to show anymore. Yep. And I think every NFL team went, Yeah, okay, all right, buddy, look at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just an awesome player. Like I I I dropped one of the highest pro comps I've ever done on him i i I thought he could be travis frederick like like that oh my god right away i like that on his on his rookie contract i think we could be talking about him as one of the best in the game well i think Um, yeah i mean what he's shown he's 21 years old that's the important part to to get in here like 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 you said i mean this was his first year that he was draft eligible right like i knew he was a dude early on but then he comes to the senior bowl and with younger players it's like do they have the soft skills the refinement you know what does that look like and He's anchoring very well. He's very well aligned with his base and his and his pads, right? And then, you know, there was that rep against Michael Hall Jr. where Hall tried to get him on the outside, right, with his lateral agility. And Powers Johnson is matching him stride for stride, showing that athleticism yeah. at 330 pounds nonetheless. And then still, yeah. yeah, staying synergetic with his base, combative hand usage, keeping him within his frame. I mean, what, what more does this guy have to show you, right? I agree with you completely, yeah. top. 2015 guy probably i think he's 18th on my updated top 50 so he's in that range he's definitely up there as a prospect yeah and the, the crazy part is like he's still going to get better you just as like as he gets more comfortable either at any set position right the more comfort you get the more exposed you get to that position you just naturally get more comfortable and like you brought up the athleticism at 330 335 mm-hmm. I thought there was no way I he was like going to be coming in at 310, right? Or 315. Then he comes in at 330, 335, somewhere in that range. And there's like, there's no way this kid is moving like that at 335. Just, just a tremendous athlete. Um, it, like the technical refinement skills, like you also brought up for a guy in his first, like real full year is, is tremendous. Um, you can't speak enough about, you know, the Oregon coaching staff. I think they did a phenomenal job with him but also like his his dedication to his craft i think that stands out a lot and he i mean what more do you want he he's got he's the complete package at center Mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy man like there was i remember there was a time in the cycle where i was trying to rank those guys the center spot right you've got zach frazier who's also a very good prospect right and for 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 a little bit powers johnson was pretty close with him but now i think you know the more i go back and reevaluate and kind of look at my valuations like maybe th- there is a bit of a gap here, right? And that's not a slight to, to, you know, Frazier. You know, he's a very good prospect too, but Jackson Powers Johnson, just the complete package so early on in his career. Like, this is a guy, you put him at center, and for a decade plus, he's going to lock down your position. You don't have to worry about yeah. it. I feel really good about that. And especially, I think with positional value too, right? You know, like people say, center, guard, you don't want to spend an early pick on him. But, you know, the the impact of interior pressure, quick interior pressure, is I think underrated at times and how it can disrupt the quarterback's yeah. process. Yeah, I think especially think I, th- I think that's a great point. Uh, per- I've personally thought that for like a, ro- a young quarterback or even just like a rookie, having that quality center, I think is at, at times 
can be quite frankly more important than having a left tackle mm-hmm. just because of like their ability to handle the protections and, and call different things out and really shore up the interior because the interior pressure now I think is greater than it ever has been in the NFL. Like you look at the the absolute freaks that are at defensive tackle and it's some of the best in the game. Like you need somebody who can handle those kind of responsibilities and elite centers, especially like what we're projecting JPJ to be, they hardly regress, right? Like, like if they hit and they're, and they're at that level forever. Mm -hmm. The only time I can think of one recently is like Ryan Kelly. And he was like battling COVID and a couple of other things like that. And he's rebounded the last couple of years to being back to one of the best centers in the game. And it's, so it's like, if you can get that for a decade, I think any team would be happy with, you know, with like a pro bowl, all pro caliber player in the first round, Mm -hmm. regardless of position for, for a decade, at least. Honestly, right. It's something you can just shelve it. Don't worry about it. And you get a high level player for sure. And I think, you know, the more I think about it, like we might see a team trade up for him because there are a lot of teams that need a center in this class. You look at the Buccaneers with um, Ryan Johnson retiring, the Lions, mm-hmm. there's talk that Frank Ragnall might retire. Uh, the Steelers yeah. obviously need one. The Dolphins might need one too. So a lot of teams that kind yeah, of have and, a need. And, yeah. and even the Eagles, yeah. you know, with Jason Kelsey's rumors retiring, the Eagles have always been aggressive getting O-line talent. So like that's a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of comp picks. This year. Yep. So they have the ammunition to do it for sure. I, I mm-hmm. love the, you know, those two guys definitely set themselves apart. And I think, you know, it's really fun to look at that because, you know, Quinion Mitchell, right? Kind of different scenarios. You got a guy from Toledo who has been productive, right? But kind of came in and didn't miss a beat against some really, really impressive competition. And then on the flip side, JPJ, a guy who's so early in his development and already that stud. It's so fun to think about what they can become at the next level. But uh, we're going to get into our risers soon here. But first off, I feel like we also have to go over the quarterback group. I feel like that's kind of, you know, what draws a lot of the eyes throughout the Senior Bowl week. And this this group in particular was pretty intriguing. You had Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix at the top of it for sure. Uh, Michael Pratt was a guy that a lot of people liked as a sleeper from Tulane. Spencer Rattler was the Senior Bowl MVP and one of the top guys throughout the week, I thought. I mean, you know, this group was really intriguing to me. So I want to get your thoughts on this QB group and what you saw from them. I think the results from the top guys were kind of mixed a little bit. But Rattler did a lot of good things for himself. I think Pratt did some good things for himself, too. Carter Bradley uh, also has the arm yeah. that kind of pops a little bit. You didn't, you know, that was kind of impressive, too. But uh, first yeah. off for you, top uh, takeaways for the QBs. Yeah, I think uh, the good news for about this is I don't think anybody in practice had like an abject disaster. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I thought I even thought like Joe Milton had some good moments in practice. I think I mean, that arm obviously pops like on, on every throw that Joe Milton makes. You're like, oh, crap. The RPMs on that thing yeah. are, are tremendous. Um, but like, you know, I don't think anybody in practice had a, had a bad outing um, outside of like the first day. But I think a lot of that, like quarterbacks are still kind of getting adjusted into the flow of things. So I don't I don't put too much into the first day. But, you know, I. I actually even like a little bit of what Sam Hartman did as well, but like the, for the top guys, Knicks and Penix, I was, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, yeah. um, especially in the case of Knicks where I wanted to see more at, like outside of the Oregon offense. Um, I didn't necessarily see the kind of production that I that was like, would have cemented him as like, a, okay, yeah, I can, I could see like the upward trajectory into being like a first round pick. I don't know if you put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, I don't, you know, we're not in the the interview rooms or anything like that. And like, we don't, we don't know how he 
really talked with teams and how teams viewed his character that'll that'll come out as the draft process goes on so like we can't speak on that but just on a a pure on film thing i don't really know if he had a a real standout performance in the practice uh i think i thought he made some nice throws uh in the game environment but he didn't play a whole lot in that um and, and the same thing with Penix. is Penix just it was, was just kind of like fine Overall, you notice a good zip. I actually liked his placement a little bit uh, on the outside um, on some of those like out intermediate throws. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he did overall fine, but I don't know if it was like a a standout enough performance to be like, okay, yeah, like this is this is a kind of environment that he needed to you know put out a good showing on. And I don't know if he really he didn't hurt himself, which I think is is the best thing you yeah. can do as a prospect in these games. But I don't know if he really stood out. Um, I think Carter Bradley put himself on the draftable radars. I, th- I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is Carter Bradley was like, he's Gus Bradley's son. He's this and that, mm-hmm. you know, like it is, it is a little bit weird. Cause it's like coach's son. How good is he really, you know? Uh, but that arm talent, it, it pops it. It's, you know, like I, I think if you're a team that it's just like, why not? We're in the seventh round here. Like just take a flyer. I think you put himself up there. Um, he, he, a lot of people talk about his intangibles uh, at the position, and then you you combine that with the arm talent, and that's usually enough to put you on the radars. And I think he had a good showing out in Mobile. Um, Rattler and Pratt, I think, were the two biggest like winners yeah. of all the and you, like we talked like you talked about earlier. Um, Rattler, it was nice to see outside of South Carolina mm-hmm. because every time you would watch Rattler drop back, it felt like he was getting pressured yeah. at South Carolina. Um, and, and the offense did not ask Rattler to do a whole lot. And so it was nice to see him make better progressions and be a little bit more cleaner now that his process wasn't getting rushed like right away. You know, there wasn't somebody in his lap within two seconds. Um, I really, and, you know, he had that comfort with Xavier Leggett that, that stood out, but also to other guys. I think he did a tremendous job. Um, I, I don't know if he should have been the, the outright senior bowl MVP because mm-hmm. you don't think he played all of that but i get why like uh, coming out he's he's viewed as like yeah this is a great performance by him because i think he did a good job uh pratt the same way pratt he came in a little bit smaller than i would have liked i think the hand you know the hand size gets a little bit overblown but Mm -hmm. right at nine i think i think it's going to be a tough sell to a lot of the the uh some scouts in the nfl there's definitely a prototype they they look for sometimes yeah and i think that's going to hurt him a little bit but i think you look at his ability to throw with touch i think that stood out a lot the intangibles a lot of people raved about how he conducted himself in practice uh, especially the ability to hit the intermediate stuff i think i thought pratt coming in was the best quarterback in this group that could do that and he showed it at a nice touch on the deep ball you know not the most physically gifted guy right i think you look at this group and that's rattler and joe milton but i think pratt showed out how to good Everything that he could do was on display, and I think that was a, a great outing for him as well. So I kind of think those two were your biggest winners. Hartman was was there. Um, yeah, that's... I think he was fine. I think he was fine on the second day, but the game performance is like really tough to overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is kind of funny to me that he didn't play in the bowl game and then played like all of the senior bowl game, which is just like, okay, man, like what? Yeah, it's <laughs> sure. it's quite a swing for sure. It's like yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's, you know, I think him, you know, he'll be a good leader. I think he'll be a good addition to a locker room, like as a QB3, right? I, I probably wouldn't spend capital on him, but get him in the PFA pool. Like, that's solid. He's a guy who's, you know, gone through adversity. He's come out the other end and, you know, he'll be a solid mm-hmm. depth guy for you. But I think, yeah. you know, you talk about the physical talent, right? Juxtaposed with guys like Rattler and Milton and and Penix and even Nix and Bradley, right? It was very clear that Hartman just didn't have the RPMs to, you know, drive those intermediate throws sometimes. He was kind of grounding some of them in practice. And then, you know, during the game, I feel like a lot of times because he doesn't have the arm, sometimes he'll kind of try and force things and that'll create, you know, risks. But then at the same time, just not seeing defenders sometimes. So, you know, not the elite operational performance that you would need to counteract yeah. middle and tools to, to, to say it simply. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I liked his, you know, on film, I liked his ability um, to kind of like navigate the pocket mm-hmm. a little bit. There were some good moments of that. And, and I agree. I think you talk about him as like a good piece to like your locker room. I think that, but just like the physical tools, I don't know if there's a an NFL quarterback, like full-time starter in there, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're talking about a QB3. Yeah, absolutely. I think teams will be fine with that. It's like a, a PFA. Yeah, for sure. Knicks and Penix and Rattler, I mean, those guys probably are the highest rated guys coming in and coming out. It's going to be interesting. Michael Pratt, I think, did a lot of good things for himself. He He's one that I'm kind of circling. We, we know Aiden O'Connell went in round four, early in round four last year. I could see teams look at him as kind of that guy who like, hey, let's prioritize a guy we know can be a pretty good spot starter right out of the gate. If we need him to start extended games, he can do it, right? I think you did see... The physical talent isn't quite at that level of the top guys, but the anticipation, the ability to layer and throw with touch is definitely there. And, you know, I everything that I saw, you know, he's out there kind of guiding wide receivers through it. A lot of moving parts, right? And if you're the quarterback, mm-hmm. just by, by design, you're going to be the confluence of those moving parts, right? So the first day, the second day, we saw that Knicks was kind of struggling to get comfortable. And it's like, it's okay. You know, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt because there is a lot of change going on right now. But like you said, Michael Pratt took it in stride and really kind of proved that, hey, you know, a changing environment is not a scary thing for me. And I think that in and of itself, too, is going to be things that I think that NFL teams will look at and say that's valuable. Right. So that even beyond the the ability to play on the field and operate as an NFL quarterback uh, really did good things for him. But I agree about Knicks and Penix, I think. You know, I've I've liked Knicks, right? I don't see the top 15 hype that we're getting. Like, I know the Broncos have been a popular fit for him. And, like, I do think Sean Payton's offense would do good things with him. But, you know, again, the, the big question for me was can he expand beyond the Oregon offense, right? That was the biggest question for me. We know he's a very smooth athlete. He's got great change of direction, great creative capacity, right? And the arm talent is something that I've been a big fan of for a long time too, right? The all, all-encompassing angle freedom can release sidearm, you know, kind of expand those throwing windows with with that trait, but then also has enough velocity too. So, you know, those things, the ball handling, the creation, the arm talent, things that you like to see coming in and he can distribute within an offensive framework. But, you know, this week, especially early on, really struggled to gain chemistry and comfort. And that showed up because he's mechanically, he's kind of a, he free flows sometimes, which, you know, he's got good, a good corrective mechanical fail safe. So he, you know, even from off platform looks, he can still release it pretty well and maintain accuracy. But there were a few times where he was kind of choking that release and sending it high a little bit or sending it low, some inconsistency, some discomfort there that kind of contributed to that. On the final day, I thought he improved a little bit. I think he ended on a high note, which was good, but you still left wanting more, right? You know, where are those second level intermediate throws layering between coverages, right? Where are those multi-progression looks? You still don't see a ton of that with Knicks. And that is concerning to me as much as I love the creation ability, the arm talent um, and, you know, the production, right? You know, he's proven that he can, field a successful offense but 
you wonder how much you have, how many guardrails you have to put up for him at the next level. And that's going to be yeah. a question. Yeah. I also think, you know, Knicks will be 24 yeah. in like two weeks. I think his birthday is late February. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you really wanted to see that because I th- kind of think he's a little bit maxed out. Like at this point, I think the Knicks that you're getting right now is the Knicks you're going to get. And I think teams wanted to be like, okay, he's in, he's in mobile, you know, first round pick. I, I've got to see like what he can do yeah. outside of, you know, Oregon, Oregon took away a lot of his processing. They, they kind of took the onus off of him a little bit and how can he handle that? Because, you know, to be a first round pick, like you've got to prove that you can be a quarterback that a team can win because of, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if, if Nick's necessarily like adjusted well and proved that um, again, you know, we don't know his character and how teams respond, like how he did in the, on the whiteboard, quote unquote, and like things like that. But just as an overall performance, I think, I, I don't know if Nick's really had enough where I'd be like, yeah, okay. You know what? I think I'll put him in the first round yep. you and, know, of a you know, mock draft that, or anything like that's that. That's a great point. This was an opportunity for him to kind of vault himself into the first round officially. Cause I feel like the entire cycle across the media if you were to compile every single ranking he'd probably be somewhere at like 30 to 35 right like on the fringe but we don't know if we're confident enough to say he is a first round caliber quarterback right this is a great opportunity mm-hmm. for him to prove that like say definitively yes i am and he didn't take it right and so you kind of wonder yeah. is that a premonition of things to come for him so it'll be something to watch right i think nfl teams opinions are going to be across the board and like you said interviews play a big part of that speaking of interviews real quick whiteboard i know michael Penix jr did you see that video where he was talking yeah. about a cover six beater that was pretty impressive going through his yeah, thought process the, the slot cross thing yeah yeah I, I thought it was kind of funny that he was like oh, i don't really want to get into it and, yeah. then, and then he gets like, into it never mind i'm just gonna get into it like <laughs> I think it just kind of shows you the kind of dude that Michael Penix is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought at times, I think he showed a little bit more like with his guard down. Um, that whole Washington team was very easy to root for. And mm-hmm. Michael Penix's story is is tremendous. And I, I think he really kind of relished the opportunity of just being there, just considering where he was even two years ago, leaving Indiana. You know, you're like, you have no idea. And now he's viewed as like he's going to be one of the first few quarterbacks drafted this year. Mm-hmm. A tremendous guy, tremendous leader. I think a lot of a lot of people that I've spoken to talked about his leadership and uh, like his comfort and character in the interviews in Mobile. Yeah, and that's you know one of the most important things too, right? Getting kind of a, a firsthand look at those guys and what they provide within that lens because you draft these guys probably going to draft Mike Pine. the injuries are going to be the biggest variable for him that's the thing right like we can't really say anything definitive until we see how he is cleared at the NFL combine right but looking at how he plays on the field yeah there's some volatility with the accuracy yeah he's a little stiff in the hips so that kind of limits his creation at times when he's getting out on the run right vertically like straight line he's got some mobility to him but you do wonder what the upside is there but the arm talent the arm strength yeah. is there the ability to the drive velocity on those corner pocket throws right it's so fun to watch him throw those those are my favorite yeah yeah, yeah. I, I really think Penix is is a tremendously gifted thrower yeah um, I, I think a lot of people get thrown off a little bit by the lefty yeah but you know I think of that throw against Texas where he it, like in the NFL with if he's playing so many elite safeties it might have gotten tipped or might have but you he diced up texas mm-hmm. right i think that that was different. but is it's that touchdown middle of the field kind of an in breaker and he beats the safety right in between yeah. that like just like the arm velocity just popped right on through that mm-hmm. you're you're going whoa hello Alrighty, man like like i think Penix, you know as the season went on i think it looked like Penix got hurt mm-hmm. 
Um, like he he was definitely clearly battling something. And by the end of the Michigan game, Michigan game, he was just I mean, he left it all out on the field. Yeah. I, think he, I think you looked in those interviews. He was limping off the field. He's kind of carrying his arm awkwardly. Like, So like, there are going to be the medical concerns, but just from an intangible perspective, from an arm talent perspective, from you know, I, I even think his ability as an outside thrower, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he, he has. I, ideally, I think you probably want him to be like a competitive backup, um, kind of like a like a Tarah Taylor um type mm-hmm. but i actually but i i do think that he can be a, a effective starter i don't know if he's going to be necessarily like an all-world beater like yeah this guy's an elite nfl quarterback if he falls to the second because of medicals like it's mm-hmm. a it's a slam dunk but i definitely think there's a there's a world where michael Penix can be successful and productive in the nfl as long as he you know stays healthy which is going to be the key part for him yeah for sure i think the biggest thing is staying healthy and then just the little areas of volatility in his game right you know chipping away at those because i think there is nfl starter upside there i think you know if he stays healthy and chips away at those you have a guy that you can maybe win with if you if you kind of invest in, in him year over year it's just the medicals are so volatile and like like you said like i remember that first oregon game too at the end of that he was really hurting you could tell and he was fighting through it and that's great you love to see that grit and that toughness but if a guy is battling injuries every single week how does that affect his play and then how does that kind of accrue, you know, week over week? And, you know, maybe it gets harder and harder for him to play at a high level. Especially especially over a 17-game yeah, season. 17 like against that's, NFL that's defenders. Be, yeah. yeah, it's it's a risk. Yeah. It really is for sure. And so it's going to be interesting to see how NFL teams value that. We got around 15 minutes left. So real quick, I want to talk. <laughs> wow. about, I know we talk a lot, man. I mean, that's something that I told Dalton all the time. Like, man, we talk so much. It's fine, though. It's fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's the subject matter. Um, real quick. Let's go on. Let's hit Spencer Rattle because I know you're a big Oklahoma guy. You remember his time at Oklahoma. Talk to me about you know Spencer Rattler. We know he played very well this week. We know that the arm talent is obviously there. He was actually making pro- progressions, working to his check down, making pretty good decisions. You know, aside there was one interception to a linebacker that he probably liked, or I think it was you know it was to Carlton Johnson on day one that he probably liked to have back, but still testing the boundaries. Talk to me about off the field right how big was this for him you know being a leader kind of proving that he could do that too because obviously he's been pretty it's been well documented his journey from oklahoma to south carolina to now and but there's a sense that if he wins over nfl teams off the field in the locker room and proves that he can be that leader he might be rising up the board a lot higher than people expect right because talent wise there isn't anything to preclude him from that early day two range uh talk to me about how big this was for him to kind of show that yeah, I the the Oklahoma. I mean, we are, it's it's very well documented the kind of you know his high school troubles mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But I, I think the idea of of college is to always grow, yeah. right? Like you grow you grow as a person uh, throughout that. And you listen to South Carolina people and his teammates; they just they rave about Spencer Rattler. You know, like it it wasn't it, when he when he left, there wasn't a lot of like drama like especially at like when he left oklahoma there was a lot of that mm-hmm. right it was granted you know with like the caleb williams situation and all of that happening like it it, it was just it, it was a very disappointing ending i think for rattler at oklahoma yeah. but i think he's responded i think responding is the key part how do you how do you respond to getting beat down like that like basically which was the case he, he gets benched 
team, you know, they're calling for his backup. The fans are chanting for his backup. Like that's, that's psychologically damaging yeah. for anybody. And especially, you know, he's 19, 20 years old at that time. He goes to South Carolina and you start to really see that, that growth and maturity pop out. Um, and I think he showed, I think a lot of guys liked his uh, leadership in Mobile. A lot of he, he comes in and just really owns the center stage right from the get go. You're, you're from day one. We we're like, okay, yeah, Spencer Rattler. Like he's, you know, he's showing it. Like this is his, this is his moment, and he's taking it with both hands and running. Um, I, I really, I'm, I'm glad for Spencer Rattler that like he's kind of rebounded from such a low point, which I think will endear himself to a lot of NFL teams because mm-hmm. it's how you respond to adversity, which is the key part. And I, you know, now that he's a little bit older, a little bit more mature, I think I'll be, I would be interested to see how, it, like, if teams ask about that and and his thought process and everything. But I, I think it's, you know, I, I feel a sense of pride mm-hmm. for Spencer Rattler, honestly. Like, I, I think it's really awesome that he has kind of rebounded, um, and and now we're starting to see the kind of player that he can become at the next level. And I think that's, a, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for him. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit and don't worry. I'm going to give my opinion on this too. So I'm not leaving out to drive, but okay. uh, the NFL draft has surprised us before, right? So this QB class, you've got May, you've got Williams, you've got Jaden Daniels, you've got JJ McCarthy, who's probably going to go early to mid round one. I think he's the youngest talent that I think it happens, but there's some uncertainty after that. We talked about it. Knicks didn't win any real estate. Michael Penix has medical concerns. Is there a scenario where Spencer Rattler sneaks into round one? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I actually sneaks into is is a tricky question. Yeah. If there is a team that would do it, I think you would be. I think you would look at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just just because it's like you don't know. Like the like Goff's contract is he's getting ready to have that extension. Um, I would be a little bit interested to see like uh like Tampa if if they'd be interested or even even like Dallas. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, Dallas either have to figure out something with Dak's contract here soon. Um and they tried to trade for Trey Lance to give like an upside, but mm-hmm. you don't really know what Trey Lance is at this point. Yeah. I think it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see. I I know for a fact that there are some scouts that have that had put Rattler ahead of Penix, uh, even as far back as November, mm-hmm. right? Like we were hearing Rattler had pretty high grades and you look, he doesn't have the medical history that Penix does. And he, I think he's got a, a better arm a better, better physical tools. Like I, I think he can be drafted over Penix. Knicks will be a little bit interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, round one, I actually, I, I don't know, but I, I think, when you look at teams like quarterback study mm-hmm. and if like quarterbacks that have the tools you win because of don't go past round one more and more like it just it doesn't happen yeah. so i think there's a possibility that mm-hmm. he could if like if he continues this rise i i would be a, a little bit surprised but i i could talk i think i could talk myself into it yeah like at, at some point just I think especially if you get get him in a team, like hypothetically, if the Rams trade it back. Yeah. Right. If they're like, hey, we want to get some more capital and, and somebody trade like we talked about earlier, somebody trades up for, say, like Jackson Powers Johnson. Mm-hmm. Right. You get a little bit more capital and now you're sitting here going, 
why not? Stafford's getting up there. We think Rattler could run this offense. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same argument for like JJ McCarthy in 19. Yeah. It's just now you have more capital behind it and you're going, why not? Mm -hmm. He's got the arm talent to, to pull it off and, and the leadership skills that we like. I, I could see myself, I could see it happening for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I think, you know, as an NFL draft analyst, you kind of have to, there has to be a sense of, you know, what is possible. You know, be being outcome independent, I think is really important. And when you kind of look at, hey, the range of outcomes, is it in there? I think it is for sure. I think, and you mentioned it too, when you don't view him as a day one starter and more as a guy that you can shelve for the future, right? I think the number of suitors increases too because there are a lot of uncertain long-term QB situations out there. You know, there are a lot of teams that are like, we have enough, we don't need to worry about it right now. But if you're looking at Rattler as a guy who can legitimately be a, a quality starter two to three to four years down the road, maybe let's get this guy in-house and develop him yeah. behind the scenes. I can see a lot of teams that would maybe go for that. And, hey, the importance of the QB position, that's something you may be willing to spend a premium on. So it's going to be yeah. super exciting to see what happens. And especially with the the success that the Packers had, or like have had with their model of like sitting a guy. But I think now you look at Jordan Love, right? Kind of a similar prospect mm -hmm. to Spencer Rattler coming out of Utah State a few years ago. He sat for a few years, and now we're like, oh, Hello, Jordan Love. Yeah. Like he came out, had a phenomenal year this year as a full-time starter. I, I I really wonder if teams start to invest more in that model of hey, we have an older quarterback instead of trying to like tread water for as long as we can. Let's just kind of embrace like hey, we have to have that next guy behind you, and we're gonna sit him and let him learn and ingest in this offense and see what he can give in a in a year or two or how, however long until you know we have to pass the torch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm this QB class more than most feels really unpredictable from the very top. Who goes number one, right? I still think Drake may has a viable argument with Caleb Williams. I think Jane Daniels, his elite creation capacity is really going to win over teams. And then what happens behind them too. Uh, there's a lot of options on the table. So I'm very excited to see what happens. And for the next few months, yeah. we have some time, some leeway to kind of talk about it and kind of just imagine, right? So it's fun, but we yeah. have, I'm looking at the clock now, seven minutes. So let's go through some other risers from the Senior Bowl. A lot of names that popped out to me. We'll try and go a little bit more rapid fire here, but some guys that stood out to me. I think Darius Wright, and I'll, you can give some too. I know you recently scouted out Austin Booker, big fan. The tools are there. Uh, but Darius Robinson, Missouri, is a guy that I really liked coming in. I think, you know, I look at Danico Autry as a high end comp for him, you know, coming in at 6'5, mm -hmm. 286 with 35 inch arms. And he's out here winning with quick swims, you know, kind of bending around uh, those blocks, you know, using that link to decouple. I uh, just love the, the power element, but then the finesse too that he's shown, you know, playing defensive tackle and then kind of coming outside to seven and nine tech at the in 2023. A lot of versatility and he showed it. He was very fun. Um, there's a few others. I know Tyler Guyton excelled a lot. I think he was already probably a first round guy, but now you're looking at him maybe rising into the top half of round one. I think, you know, the athleticism, the flexibility uh, that he showed for his size, very impressive. Um, trying to think about the guys. Roman Wilson had a great week. I, I, he kind of, yeah. he, he was uncoverable. I mean, that's the only way you can say it. The speed and bend kind of reminds me of a Chris Olave light within that mold, the way that Olave was able to bend yeah. around on his, as a route runner, right? So efficient, right? But then also the speed mm -hmm. to sustain separation out of those breaks. 
Uh, so he was a fun one too. Theo Johnson from Penn State played really well for that mm-hmm. national team. Uh, I'm just trying to rack my brain here, but there's so many. Christian Haynes on the interior for you. Yeah. That dude eats nails for breakfast, but then he's also, you know, on film, explosive, very good as a space blocker, very physical as a finisher. But then in the senior bowl, you look at him anchoring, you know, kind of setting a strong base. You know, his hands are placed very well. He's latching very quickly. Got great grip strength, too. And then, you know, when when you lose a rep against him, he lets you know, you know, he'll jaw off at you. So those are, yeah, yeah those are a few guys that stood out to me. Uh, any comments on those guys? And then who are some names at the top of your mind? Yeah, I love I love the Darius Robinson shout out. Mm-hmm. You know, like on, on my on my personal big board, I think I've got him like 36th, like right at right as like a like a fringe first round top of the second uh i think i think actually we could talk about he, he was one of the best biggest risers yeah. out of this because you're talking about him as like a fringe second rounder and now you're like oh okay now he's like a fringe first rounder because of his ability to do multiple things i i he's kind of like a souped up dietrich wise mm-hmm. for the patriots that kind of like inside outside versatility i think really stood out to me i loved roman wilson i i thought well, I had when I wrote about for PFN, Wilson was my wide receiver two for the Senior Bowl. Uh, my wide receiver one was Lad McConkey because oh, you I mean, I Lad mean, McConkey. Hey, it's just it's just fun. He backed it's it up too. To he backed it up too. Those yeah. those two come, kind of set themselves apart. I think. Yeah, I, I think they had a great, phenomenal outing at the Senior Bowl. I think when you look, uh, I think Adisa Isaac, yeah, yes, for Penn State had a good had a good outing as well. Um, Tyler Guyton, I'm actually kind of interested to see how that happens. Like. Because you were talking about him as like stacking up at the at the end of the first. Now I'm kind of wondering how does he stack up for teams mm-hmm. against JC Latham and Amari's Mims? Yeah. Right. Like you kind of wonder, you know, Mims hasn't played a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, Guyton hasn't really either, but it's not quite the same. Uh, but these two are obviously incredibly gifted athletes on the field. You just the projection like that just hasn't matched the athleticism yet. Like they're a bit like overall like fundamentals and things like that are still coming along mm-hmm. but tremendous uh o-line pedigrees coming from the, their respective universities i'm very interested to see if guyton has now put himself into that next tier mm-hmm. of because they're all right tackles so how you stack that might be a little bit more on like your scheme right if you're a little bit more of a gap you might lean a little bit more latham but i actually think these all three guys can play in any scheme so very interested to see how that one works out yeah. but uh, a couple of other guys i thought jalen simpson yeah i'm writing him up now i thought he played well um uh, oladapo out yeah. of oregon state i thought had some good moments braden fisk for florida state that dude I is just all motor unlockable. man all motor it's so yeah. fun to watch him yeah yeah i think he did he had a great outing as well um tavandre sweat <laughs> it's just what a mountain of a man he's absolutely huge and I think he showed off a little bit more of his pass rush, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted to see. Uh, obviously, he's not going to bust out the same kind of moveset that like Michael Hall was flashing, yeah. but you wanted to see uh, Tavondre Sweat be more than just a run plugger, mm-hmm. and I think he showed that. It's like you know what so, you're I mean, getting. It's probably power, but can you stop it? Probably not. Yeah, that's the, right. that's like he's just he's just going to run you over. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there were a lot of guys I think had a good outing. Well, the one last guy I want to touch on because we haven't talked about running backs much is I think. I think Marshall and Lloyd looked good, but I really undersold Ray Davis's ability yeah, as yeah. a pass catcher. And I think he showed that kind of next step to his ability because we know how good how he is as a runner. I think he showed that he can be more than that as a pass catcher as well. Yeah, real quick, the mid-round RB group, I feel like is going to be 
filled with potential gems in this class. Ray Davis, you talk about yeah. Marshawn Lloyd, Dylan Lobby had a great week. I mean, his routes are so impressive. But then he's 5'10", yeah. 2'10". He's pretty rocked up, too. And then uh, a few mm -hmm. other guys, Kamani Vidal had some nice pass-catching reps, I thought, from Troy. Um, you know, just the entire group, I thought. You know, Ali from Marshall. Yeah, Rasheen Ali. Now, he tore his bicep, unfortunately, I think. Mm -hmm. But he will be back, I think, ready for the 2024 season. So, yeah, that, that yeah. RB group, right? Like we talk about. We don't know who RB1 is. We don't know if there's any worth a top 50 pick, but there's a lot of value in the middle rounds. And that's kind of yeah. where teams are hoping to get it, right? So it's that's a fun Yeah, help. absolutely. Yeah. Um, any other guys? I know we are at 44 minutes. So real quick, any quick rapid fire shout outs that you want before we end? <laughs> oh, quick, quick, quick. Uh, my biggest sleeper, my favorite guy in this group, yeah. Marcus Rosamie Jackson, yes. wide receiver yeah. from Georgia, is just such a such a player. Like I just want him on my team. Catches everything. Great run blocker special teams experience like ideal wide receiver four. just put him on my team right like i will i don't know if he gets drafted at this point but just put him on my team i love his intangibles and everything he brings to the offense and i think I, I think he did some good things for himself this week so it'll be fun a lot of risers we don't have time to go through them all here but you can check the site aj wrote up a ton pre-senior bowl and then i wrote up some risers as well uh that's all we have for you today on the podcast feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at IC underscore draft. AJ, what's your Twitter handle real quick? AJ Schulte FB. All right, AJ Schulte FB. So feel free to hit us up. We will be back next week with more NFL draft content, NFL combine coming up in a little bit less than a month. That is it. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good one.